You know, I want to share with you this morning uh, a message that will tremendously help you. It'll let you know why you're having some of the conflicts that you're having in your life. But it'll also give you hope that you don't have to be overcome in those conflicts. You see, everybody here who's a Christian, and I know that word means everything to a lot of people, but everyone here who's been born again by the Spirit of God, in whom Jesus Christ lives right now, and you know that he's your Lord and Savior, you have become a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away, and all things have become new. And you know that you know, you have the blessed assurance that Jesus is yours. If you're a Christian, you will have this battle this year. And it will be a daily battle. And sometimes it'll be more intense than others. But the good news is that we have victory in that conflict if we know the truth of God and we apply it in our lives. The battle that we have every year as believers is the battle between the flesh and the spirit. And you know, uh, it is an awesome battle. Now, you say, well, Brother Fred, when Jesus died on the cross, he not only took my sins, yes, he did, but he also took my sinful nature, my flesh, and he nailed it to the cross. Yes, he did. And what he did is he broke the power of the nature of Adam that was in us. You see, everybody born since Jesus, everybody born since Adam, except Jesus, has been born with a sinful nature. That's everybody. They may have appear good on the outside and may do much good. But there's none righteous, no, not one. And all we like sheep have gone astray. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But every believer is just going to have a battle between the flesh. Even though Jesus put it to death on the cross, it keeps rising up. And it keeps up the flesh patterns that were established there. And we find that, man, I thought I wasn't going to have this battle with my flesh now that I'm saved. I thought, man, it'd just be so easy to walk with God and so easy to obey God and so easy to do the things that please God. But then you find yourself in an unbelievable battle between the flesh and the spirit. Now, I want to read two scriptures, and they're kind of long, but we'll comment them on as we go. And I want you to listen. This is written to believers, people who are truly trying to follow Jesus Christ, who desire to be a disciple of the Lord, and a genuine follower. So let's just read about the battle, okay? And then we're going to talk about overcoming it. I say then, walk in the Spirit, capital S. And walk means that's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Live a lifestyle in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Now, the amazing thing about that it doesn't say we wouldn't have them. Well, when I get saved and Jesus Christ forgives me of my sins and 
He nails that sinful Adam nature to the cross. Man, I'm just going to sail. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill. So you will have the desires of the flesh. They will rise up in you. It's It's absolutely clear. But if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Now listen to this. This sounds like a fight to me. For the flesh fights or lusts against the Spirit. He said there's a battle going on in the side of every believer between the flesh and the Spirit. And, and the Spirit is fighting against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another. In other words, they are not in agreement, will never be in agreement, and there will always be a battle between the flesh and the Spirit. And they're contrary one to another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Sometimes in that battle, the flesh wins out and you do not do the things that you wanted to do. In fact, you did the things you didn't want to do. You say, well, man, I thought when you got saved, the battle was over. No, (laughs) when you got saved, the battle began between the flesh and the spirit. And we read on and says in verse 18, If you're led by the Holy Spirit, you're not under the law. In other words, you're not being saved by keeping the Ten Commandments. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to take the Ten Commandments, but you're not being saved by them. So if you're led by the Spirit now, and you're walking in the Spirit, you're not going to be controlled and condemned by the law. But now, he goes into great detail to describe the works of the flesh. And I will tell you something, there They're not lovely in any way. But he says now, if the flesh overcomes in your life, and if you're walking in the flesh, now let me say this. The only thing an unsaved person has is the flesh. They have the sinful nature of Adam. They do not have, they're not partakers of the divine nature. They do not have the spirit of Christ. So the only thing an unsaved person has is the flesh. But he's also saying to believers here, now, now you walk in the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh, but you better know what they are, and they're real. And the first thing he talks about, uh, the works of the flesh are, he puts them in three areas. One, sexual sins. Look what he says. The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery. We know what that is in the, one of the Ten Commandments. Man commits adultery on, a wi- on his wife or his wife on a, on a husband. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, <laughs> and that's any type of sexual sin outside of marriage. By the way, that's where we get the word pornography from. Forn- fornication is, a, a, the root, is the root word of pornography. It says the works of the flesh are evident. They're adultery, fornication, uh, uncleanness, moral impurity, And lewdness, just lewd, okay? Those are sexual sins, and that's what the flesh produces in a person's life. Then he goes on to the next. These are spiritual sins. Idolatry. You say, well, man, I don't know too many people that have got idols that they're worshiping. By the way, my next-door neighbors, and we're going to be moving from where we are to summer being a little patio home over there and if I live through the move, but if it, 
But uh, they're Buddhist. And man, they got a big window up at the top. And Buddha's always there. And he's as fat as he's ever been. And they're burning candles to him. Well, that's one form of idolatry. Hey, but is there anything in your life that you love more than Jesus Christ? Anything that's more important to you than obeying God? Well, you just named your idol. And these are spiritual sins. Idolatry. uh, Sorcery. That's where we get, the, from, we get the word pharmacy. You know, pharmakia is translated sorcery. So, you know, sorcery is the use of drugs to go into an un, unreal world, a world that alters your mind and changes it from what it is. And by the way, uh, alcohol is a drug, in case you didn't know it. Idolatry, sorcery, now these are spiritual sins. Hatred. You mean a Christian could get bitter? If he gives in to the desires of the flesh, yeah, he could. He really could. Contentions, arguments, arguing, arguing, arguing. You know, when you're in the flesh, by the way, if the husband and wife are walking in the spirit and the spirit's in control, that's going to be a good marriage, isn't it? But if they're not walking in the spirit and they get in the flesh, guess what they do? They argue and then they argue. Then they get a little louder, and then they argue a little more. Why? That's the flesh. It says here, the works of the flesh are idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy. Wow, I didn't know. That's a work of the, that's, that's a spiritual sin. Outburst of anger. Boy, I tell you what, sometimes when you're moving, you, you, you have an outburst of anger. Confess your sins one to another. And the Bible says, I I just did it. Outburst of anger. Selfish ambitions. It's all about me, my, and myself. These are all spiritual sins that the flesh produces. The flesh produces a sexual sin. The flesh produces uh, spiritual sins. Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. Selfish ambitions, dissensions, division, division, and heresy. Then it goes on and and gives, you said, is he ever going to get through the works of the flesh? I hope so. And now here's social sins. All right, we know what sexual sins are, the works of the flesh. We know what spiritual sins are, the works of the flesh. And now we're, we're coming to social sins, envy. You just... Or it's another way of saying that you're jealous of somebody. Or you envy what someone else has or what, where, where someone is. And, and it's, not a, it, it's not a good thing in your life. And it says here murders. And, of course, you know, Jesus said if you have hatred in your heart, you, uh, in, in a sense, you, you have already committed murder. Drunkenness. You know, uh, can I ask you a question? How many drinks do you have to have to get drunk? By the way, can, can I ask you another question? Can you tell me one good thing that ever came out of drinking alcohol? Tell me one good thing. Just tell me one good thing that comes from getting drunk. Just tell me one. You can't do it. I cannot tell you the heartache, the misery, the people behind bars today. Because of it. 
And it says, envies, murders, drunkenness, and partying, of, uh, uh, and the like of which I tell you beforehand. Now listen, he just described the works of the flesh. And he said, now walk in the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. But he says here, uh, and he says, and the like of which I told you beforehand. I've already told you this one time. And I've told you again in the past that those who practice. Let me spell that word. P-R-A-C-T-I-C-E. Those who practice the works of the flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's their lifestyle. Well, you know, a person's lived in the works of the flesh all their life. And uh, time comes to die. And they die. And you know that they've spent their life in the works of the flesh. But I've never had anybody tell me that one of their relatives that died went to hell. Never. I've never went in to visit a family and said, Brother Fred, I hate to tell you, she's in hell. I've never in 62 years admitted anybody went to hell. Not one person. Oh, they gave him a Bible when he was in the third grade and signed it, and it's been on his desk for the last 45 years. They're always looking for some way to get people in heaven. But the thing is, the Bible says, if you live and practice the work of the works of the flesh. I didn't say that you didn't fall into it occasionally. Or at, it's certainly not a lifestyle by any means. But it's impossible. Don't, don't, don't try to preach somebody into heaven who's lived like hell all their life. Don't try to do that. You're doing the injustice to their family and giving them a false hope. Well, so we see the works of the flesh and they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, let's get on the positive side. I love this. So, there's a battle going on between the flesh and the spirit. But now, I'm, I'm, we're going to walk in the spirit. And we're going to overcome the desires of the flesh. So, what do you have? The fruit of the spirit is love. Now, you know, Bible says that love is fulfilling of the law. If you love someone, you won't commit adultery with their wife. If you love someone, you won't tell them a lie. If you love someone, you won't steal from them. Love is the fulfillment of the law. But you can't have that kind of love unless it's the love of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. And it's joy. It's inner strength. Inner strength. There may be turmoil on the top of the waters. The waves may be 20 feet high. But down underneath the surface. It's calm. And everything that around you may be falling to pieces. But you know you still got joy. You still got inner strength. God's in control. He'll see me through. See the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit produces is love and joy. And peace. Peace. Everybody wants peace you know. But this is the peace of God. Jesus said. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give unto you. Neither let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It was Jesus who said, who, who Isaiah called, and he shall be called the Prince of Peace. You know the beautiful thing about walking in the Spirit? You have peace with God. You have peace with other people. And you have peace in your heart. 
My heavens. But if I could put a, a manufacture a pill that gave people peace, I'd never have to work another day in my life. But there's no pill. Peace is found in a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. You'll be empty and looking all your life until you come to realize Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. So if there's a few of the Spirit's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, very patient, long-suffering. I mean, just that means to bear up under difficult circumstances. You're patient when the storm is raging. You're patient in the midst of the trial. You're patient in the battle. Long-suffering. Now, you mean this is something that I produce? You didn't understand this verse. The fruit of the Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit produces. He produces love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and kindness. Man, that, that's something that's missing in our society today. People being kind to one another. Now that's, but what a blessing it is. Kindness, goodness. That's what the Holy Spirit produces. And faithfulness. And it goes on and says in the next verse, gentleness. Boy, now wait a minute. Patience, kindness, gentleness. Lord, I can't, I can't do that in my own power. I know you can't. That's why I told you to walk in the Spirit. That's why I told you to walk in the Spirit. Only by the Spirit will you be patient and will you bear up under and will you be kind and will you be gentle. And boy, this last one, I, 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 I think I'm going to mark through that in my Bible. You know what it is? Self-control. Some of you should have thought about that Thursday when you were eating Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Just one more helping. It's not going anywhere. But I want you to think about this. You don't give in to the desires of the flesh. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, you walk in love, joy, and peace, and long-suffering, and gentleness, and kindness, and self-control, and all these things. Listen, that's a supernatural work of the Spirit of God. But I tell you, you can have, the Holy Spirit can bear His fruit in your life, and you say your life will be marked by the fruits of the Spirit and not the works of the flesh. Okay, so here's a battle between the flesh and the Spirit. Boy, it's bad news what happens when you walk in the flesh. But man, it is good news when you walk in the Spirit. But now let me give you an example of what it's like. Now, in Romans chapter 7, you've got to understand that Paul is writing here in Romans about his experience after he had gotten saved. Now, you know, he disappeared for about three years after he had that miraculous encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And, and, and Jesus just confronted him and knocked him down. And, and, and he said, why are you, Jesus said, why are you kicking against the pricks? And, and, who, and who, who are you, Lord? So, but you know his conversion. And then he spent three years in the wilderness being taught by Jesus himself. 
Galatians says, the gospel which I give unto you, I did not receive it from man or by man, but by Jesus Christ who taught me. Just read the first chapter of Galatians. Well, so here we see that uh, Paul was writing about some things he experienced after he got saved. And, uh, and let's just look at it, and, and, and you see if you can relate to it. See if you can identify with it. Okay. All right, look at Romans seven 14. It'll be on the screen. We know that the law is spiritual. No other gods before me. No graven image. Uh, don't take God's name in vain. Worship God. Honor your father and mother. Do not lie. Do not steal. Do not kill. Do not covet. They're all, they're spiritual, and you can't keep them in the flesh. We know that the law is spiritual. Nothing wrong with the law of God. I, I'm telling you the Ten Commandments are just as much a, plan, a part of the plan of God today as it was when they were given to Moses on the mountain. But God made it clear that nobody is saved by the works of the law. Nobody. We're only saved by the sacrificial, substitutionary death of the Lord Jesus Christ and the shedding of his blood. The law is spiritual but we can't keep it in the flesh. He says, but I'm carnal, sold unto sin. Then he goes on and says in the next verse, have you ever felt this way as a Christian? What I am doing, I do not understand. I can't believe that I did that. I'm a child of God. I have an, I'm a new creation. A partaker of the divine nature. What am I doing here? For what I am doing... I do not understand. For what I want to do, that I do not practice. You know, I find myself doing what I don't want to do, and those things that I want to be a part of my life, I don't want to practice the works of the flesh. I want to have the fruit of the Spirit. He said, but what I, what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Would you say he's having a conflict? The good he wants to do, he doesn't do. And the evil he doesn't want to do, he does. And, and, and you know, he, he finds himself the things that he wants to practice, he's not practicing. and some other things in his life. So he's in a tremendous battle between the flesh and the spirit. For what I am doing, I do not understand. He said, I don't understand what's going on in me. I don't understand. I'm saved. I don't understand this. For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate that I do. Hey, by the way, that's an indication that Paul, this is Paul's post-conversion. It's after he was saved. He said, what I hate. See, he got saved. He hated sin. He hated the works of the flesh. Oh, yeah, he hated it. But he found himself when in the battle between the flesh and the spirit. He says, if, and listen to this, if then, I do what I will not to do. If I find myself doing something that I don't want to do, I agree with the law that it's good. The law's good, but I just can't keep it. it and it says, but now this, now I want you to explain this to me. So if I find myself doing what I do, want, do not want to do, I know the law is good. But now it is no longer I that do it. Well, wait a minute. Who are you going to blame it on, Paul? Who are you going to blame it on? Who are you going to, he said, it's no longer you that do it. 
Well, what do you mean? He says, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. He said, Jesus Christ washed my sins away. Jesus Christ rendered my flesh powerless. But you know, there's sometimes when I don't walk in the Spirit, and that's why I do the things that I shouldn't. And it's not me, but it is. It is sin that dwells in me. If he wasn't in there, it wouldn't come out. So he's saying, I, I, it's a battle going on here. And I know, I, I know it's my flesh. It's not me. But you, you're responsible for your flesh. Look, look at the next verse. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh. Now, this could be any plainer than, than what he's saying. I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells nothing good dwells. Nothing, no good dwells in my flesh. Nothing good dwells in my flesh. I know that in me that is in my flesh, nothing dwells that is good. For to will is present with me. I want to do the right thing. Shows me he's saved. But how to perform it? How do I do what I want to do and don't do the things I don't want to do? But how to perform what is good I do not find. He said, I, 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 I'm up against a brick wall. And I'm tired of this battle between the flesh and the spirit. And, and I, I want to know how to overcome. I want to do the things that I want to that please God. And I want to be the person that God wants me to be. But I keep butting my head against the wall. He says, for the good I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. He said, I'm tired of this. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I that do it. Here it goes again. He said, but it's my flesh. It's sin that dwells in me. If I'm not walking in the Spirit, I'm telling you the good I want to do, I'm not going to do. And the evil I don't want to do, I'm going to do. So i got to walk in the Spirit. Because if not sin that dwells in me, that flesh pattern that was left, even though your sinful nature was put to death, I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. Now, do you say, was he really saved, Brother Fred? Well, look what he says. For I delight in the law of God. I love the word of God. I love the truth of God. I, I delight in the law of God in my inward man, in my spirit. But I see another law in my members, the flesh fighting against the spirit. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity, the law of sin, which is in my members. And then, he, 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 so he's been describing the battle between the flesh and the spirit. You can relate to it because sometimes, Brother Fred, the good I want to do, I don't do. Said I was never going to say that again and never going to act like that. The good I want to do, I don't do. But the evil I don't want to do, I do. What in the world's wrong with me? I'm going to tell you something. You're not walking in the spirit. You're not walking in the Spirit. So, but Paul gets to the end of it. And listen to what he says. He, he's, he's giving a cry. How am I going to quit walking in the flesh? And how am I going to walk in the Spirit? He says, oh, wretched man 
that I am. Who? Not what? Who? Who will deliver me from this body of death that just keeps hanging on me? Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? And then he goes on and says, I thank God. Now, don't miss this. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Good news. I may shout, I may clap. I don't know what I'm going to do. Because of Jesus, I do not have to live in the seventh chapter of Romans. Praise God. But through the power of Jesus, I can live in Romans chapter 8. And I can walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the desires of the flesh. And brother, I'm telling you, that's great victory. That is great victory in Jesus. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. With my mind I serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Hey, by the way, why did Paul say, as he was thinking about the works of the flesh and the battle, and he said, well, Jesus, he's going to deliver me. He's already going, he's going to win the, he's won the victory on the cross. Why did he say, who can deliver me from this body of death? You know how they used to punish murderers back in the day of uh, Paul? They would take the person that they had killed and they would strap them to the back of the body who killed them. And so here this man would be walking around town and on his back would be a dead decaying body of someone he had killed and Paul looked at it and said my heavens it's just like I've got that old wicked sinful nature strapped to my back who in the world is going to deliver me from this body of death and he said I thank God through Jesus Christ my Lord okay so we, we understand that there's a battle between the flesh and the spirit but now we want to talk about how that Jesus Christ uh, has won the battle and made it possible for us not to walk in the flesh. Jesus made it possible, but to walk in the Spirit. Uh, let, let, let's say this. Let's go to Romans 6, and then I'm going to go back up to Galatians 6. Let's go to Romans 6, 6 through 14. And uh, look at what it says here. When Jesus died on the cross, the only thing I knew for many years after I was saved was he died. My sins were placed on Jesus on the cross. God poured out his wrath on my sin on Jesus on the cross. I knew that my sin, Jesus had died for my sin and th that because of his perfect, eternal, everlasting sufficient sacrifice I didn't have to deal with uh, I wouldn't have to stand at the great white throne judgment and give an account for my sin but I, I didn't know anything about the fact that he had put to death my sinful nature but now look what he says in Romans 6 6 knowing this well what do we know that our old man the nature of Adam the Adamic nature Knowing this, our old man was crucified with him. You mean to tell me that Jesus not only took my sin to the cross, 
but he took my sinful nature to the cross. He said, that's exactly right. If he had just died for your sin, you'd have just died for the symptoms. But he had to go to the root. So he not only died for our sins, he took our sinful nature, the nature of Adam, and he put to death the old man, the old man, knowing this, that our old man was rendered, was crucified with him, that the body of sin, flesh, sin, old man, whatever you call it, that the body of sin might be done away with. It means rendered powerless, rendered powerless, that we should no longer be the slaves of sin. That is a mouthful. The fact that Jesus took your sinful nature and put it to death, he broke the power of that sinful nature, and now you can live a righteous life, a godly life, a holy life by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you don't have to be a servant and in bondage to sin. Because Jesus not only died for your sins, but he killed your sinful nature. And it no longer has any right to rule in you. Look at what he says in verse 7. For he who has died, that old man in Adam, he who has died has been freed. Freed from the power of sin. You know, you've you got to understand the beautiful, beautiful picture of baptism. You, what God doing is he's given us a clear example. All right, for example, a person repents of their sin. God be merciful to me, a sinner. I deserve judgment. I deserve hell. I know I'm a sinner by nature and by choice. But Jesus took my place. He took my place. And now I'm trusting Jesus Christ. I'm repenting. I'm turning away from my sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm repenting. And I'm, in, I'm, I'm trusting my life completely and totally to Jesus. I'm trusting Jesus Christ and nothing else to save me, to forgive me, and to make me whole. And so Christ comes to live in your life. And he comes to live in your life. Okay. So then you're baptized. Why do we put people under the water? That's a watery grave. Did you know that? That's what it is. It's a watery grave. So we're taking who we were in Adam. We're taking our life and our old man and that wicked nature in Adam. It has been put to death by the Son of God. And so what do you do when somebody's dead? You bury them. So we take the old nature and we bury it. We're buried with Christ in baptism unto death. That's a symbolic picture of Adam's nature being put to death and buried. But we're raised again, oh, to walk in newness of life. We no longer walk in the old ways of Adam, but we're raised to walk in newness of life. And so baptism is a testimony of a spiritual reality that's already happened in your life. Okay, so the power of the sinful nature has been broken. The old man was crucified with him. Now, how do, you, how do you walk in the Spirit? How do you walk in the Spirit? Okay. I want to put this in the right order so you can uh, get it. Okay. The Bible says 
that we, by the power of the Spirit, we put to death the deeds of the body. And by the power of the Spirit, we die to ourselves. I think the first scripture we'll look at is Luke 9, 22 and 23 and 24. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself who he was in Adam. Take his place in Christ. If you're going to come after me, you're going to have to say no to the flesh. You've got to deny yourself. If any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross. What do you do on the cross? You die. Oh, no, you don't understand. My wife is my cross to bear. Baloney, that is not your cross to bear. When you saw a man walking down the streets of Jerusalem with a cross on his back, he was going out to die, and they knew he would never come back. And so you say daily, I deny myself, and I take my place in death with Jesus I take my place in death with him. I'm not, that, that, that's dead. He said, I deny myself. I take up my cross. I die to myself daily. I take up my cross and follow Jesus. And then he said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. You say, but Brother Fred, I don't want to deny myself. I want to live the way I want to live it. I mean, I mean, you know, this thing of dying to myself, that means that I can't be selfish and self-centered and, and, and that I can't live for myself. I mean, I've got to live for him who loved me and gave himself for me. And I, my life is going to be an expression of the life of Jesus on this earth and loving and caring for people. I, I, don't, I don't want to deny myself. I, I like the way I'm living. Well, look, look what it says. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. By the way, you can live the way you want to live. Did you know that? God's not going to make you live a certain way. You can live the way you want to live. I'm going to save my life. And I'm going to live it the way I want to. He said, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it. For anyone seeks to save his life, he will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake... And that ain't talking about being a martyr. It's worse than being a martyr. At least you're martyred, it's over with. But whoever loses his life every day for my, today, oh God, I want to take my place in death with Jesus. And today, I want to follow him and obey him and glorify him. I, I, I want to lose my life, my selfish life. I want to lose it for, for Jesus. I want to live for him. He desires his life to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. All right, so we've got to deny ourselves, die to self. All right, here's the next one. I like this. It's Romans 8, 13. Let's look at uh, some pa the passage of Romans 8, 13. All right, if you let this flesh control your life, you're going to die. In other words, you're not going to have any spiritual life. You may be saved, but if you, you, it says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, stay with me now, this, this will help you because you say, I can't do all this stuff, Brother Fred, it's too hard. But if by the Spirit, you put to death, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So, here I am, and here's the desire of the flesh, and it's strong, but here is a, I'm, I'm walking in the Spirit, 
And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I say no. I put to death the deeds of the body by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then I'm living in the Spirit and not in the flesh. See, by the Spirit, you put, not by struggling and striving, by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body that you will live. So it's called dying to self. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit, putting to death the deeds of the body, saying no to the flesh. Not your power, the power of the Holy Spirit. All right? And uh, in verse 14, did we go on in verse 14? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, you want to know if you're saved or not? Are you led by the Spirit? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So the Holy Spirit's going to lead us. We go on to the next verse. For you did not receive the bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption while you cry, Our Father. God's your Father. Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And by Him, you're putting to death the deeds of the body. I love that verse uh, in Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. How many times have we quoted that? Is that just a phrase? <laughs> well, I'm crucified with Christ. Well, what do you mean? Oh, don't you know what I mean? When Jesus died, he took me, and I died with him. And when he was buried, I was buried with him. And when he rose, I rose with him. So, I'm crucified with Christ. He not only took my sins... He took me to the cross with him. There's a song that I like, the thoughts of it. Uh, uh, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. I got news for you. When he was on the cross, you weren't on his mind. You were on the cross with him. You were on the cross with him. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Man, in the power of Christ, you can overcome the flesh. Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The living Christ lives in you. And he is, by, when you're surrendered to him, you're walking in the Spirit and you put to death the deeds of the body and you overcome the works of the flesh because Jesus won the victory. You know what the Bible says that a Christian should do? Reckon yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God. Before you got saved, you were alive to sin and dead to God. But once Christ came into your life and he nailed you to that cross, that sinful nature, broke its power, then you can say, count it a fact that you are dead to sin. It, your sinful nature has no right to rule over you, but you're alive unto God. I'm about through. You say, I've heard that before. <laughs> but I want to talk to you about, uh, you see, the Bible says, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So, when you're saved, your body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. Where on earth does God live? He lives in the body of every believer. In Him. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, 
The Bible says that we can honor the Spirit. We can obey the Holy Spirit. It says uh, that the, the, the Spirit is given to them that obey Him. We can honor the Spirit. We can uh, obey Him. We can be filled with the Spirit. Even though our body is the temple, He can fill us and when give us the spiritual power that we need. And so because of Jesus, we are able, and because of our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, we are able to walk in the Spirit and by the Spirit overcome the di- desires, the temptations of the flesh. And, I, and I'm going to tell you something. If you're saved, you're not going to live con- consistently in the works of the flesh. You say, well, don't wait a minute. Well, I know somebody that said they were saved and they lived in the flesh for 10 years. Would you call them and tell them I said they were lost? You think the Holy Spirit's going to let you live that way for 10 years? You think he is? And wickedness and ungodliness, he's not going to do that. Listen, where's the fear of God? God says if one of his children doesn't eventually listen to him and obey him, he's already took him to the woodshed in Hebrews chapter 12 or 13. I've forgotten which one it was, where it talks about God chastens his children. He's already taken you to the woodshed and chastened you, but you didn't listen to him. And then over in John, he said, now there, I want you to pray for your brothers, but there is a sin unto death, and I do not pray, I say that you pray for them. They've crossed the line. I never will forget, I was talking about the fact, preaching about the fact that Jesus chastens his children. He corrects us so that we'll be partakers of his holiness and how he sometimes takes us to the woodshed. And, and this lady just got upset and called the office and said, Jesus never corrects his children. Oh, he's too good and too kind. What planet was she on? Would you please tell me? I'm going to tell you, if you saved and you get out of God's will and you're living in sin, he's coming after you. I want you to know that right now. You're not going to get away with it. Be sure your sin will find you out. Well, this is what I wanted to close with. Here it is. It's Galatians 6, 7 through 9. And listen, the Christian life is not only difficult, it is impossible. You cannot live the Christian life in your own power. You cannot. It is only by the power of the Holy Spirit in you that you can overcome the desires of the flesh and live in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, you cannot live the Christian life by struggling and striving and trying and making a new, I'm going to make a new resolution. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. I'll tell you right now, I can't live two minutes uh, as a Christian without Jesus Christ. He said, without me, you can do what? Nothing. Have you looked that up in the dictionary? What does it mean? You got it. All right, here, here's my closing part. Do not be deceived. It means I could be deceived. This was written to believers. Now, don't you be deceived. That means I could be. God is not mocked. You don't make a fool out of God. You don't make a fool of God. You don't make a fool of him. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. Not only whatever you sow, you'll reap, 
but you'll reap more than you sow. You know, you get to throwing out grass seed, and you think, well, i got to be sure there's enough, and you throw too much, and Lord have mercy, it, it, it gets up so thick, I don't think there's any more that could cut it. Hey, listen, it, not only do you reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow. Look at, you put little corn things in the ground, and then you kind of get a, a, an ear of corn on the cob right there. You reap more than you sow. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. You ready for this? He that sows to his flesh will of his flesh reap corruption. He that sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Goes on and says, do not grow weary in well-doing. Keep sowing to the Spirit. Do not grow weary while doing good, and for in due season you will reap if we do not lose heart. Okay. If you're going to walk in the Spirit, Galatians 5, 16, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh, for the flesh fights against the Spirit, the Spirit fights against the flesh. They're contrary one to another so that you cannot do the things that you would. If you're going to walk in the Spirit, you've got to starve the flesh and feed the Spirit. Starve your flesh. Do not sow to the flesh. Do not do it. And you have to ask yourself this question. Listen to me. What I see, what I hear, what I smell, what I taste, what I touch, what I experience in my daily life, am I starving my flesh? Or am I feeding my flesh? Am I sowing to the Spirit? Now let me say this. It's not something you got to think. You get up in the morning. You surrender your life to Jesus as Lord. And I mean really surrender to him. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. And then you just start following Jesus. And during the day, you're going to have a lot of things come at you. But you can starve the flesh. You can refuse anything that would make your flesh strong and build up your flesh. I want to ask you that movie that you watched that had all the violence in it. And, and they didn't show them being naked, but they got in the bed together and they weren't married. So they weren't there paying tiddlywinks. I mean, I ask you a question. Did that feed your flesh? Or did it feed your spirit? Well, yeah, that's nothing wrong. You're a legalist. That's your problem. You're a Pharisee. I'm not a Pharisee. Well, listen, you watch it and look it with your eyes. It's going to get in your spirit and it's going to feed your flesh. I had a friend of mine. <laughs> I, 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 I may have said this myself, but I'm not going to get in this kind of trouble. But I had a friend of mine. He said, listen, you, you spend at least five hours a day watching it, The Price is Right and when, them, when the two families are trying to beat each other in these games, and, and they, they're okay, you know, and then you get this other. You, you spend about 50 hours a week feeding your flesh by the television, and then you come to church on Sunday and expect me to preach it out of you in 30 minutes. <laughs> said, I can't do that. I get 30 minutes to sow into your spirit, and you've been feeding your flesh for 40 hours. You say, but you are really being a legalist. I am not. But I'll tell you one thing. If you sow to the flesh 
And remember this, in this world that we're living in, it is very easy to sow to the flesh. Billboards, magazines, advertise. Lord, it's always coming at you, always coming at you. And then things in your past that, 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 that the enemy brings back to you. And if you're not careful and you don't shut the door on it, you'll feed on it. All I'm saying is you've got to starve your flesh. If you feed it, you're going to walk in the flesh. But then you feed the spirit. So what do you do? You, the word of God becomes a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. And you read the great stories in the word of God where Joseph overcame the temptation and ran from Potiphar's wife. You understand how when his brothers came and they thought that he was going to get revenge on him, that Joseph had been set free from bitterness and all they did was wanted to love his brothers. And then you read the word of God and you see where Jesus, Jesus went to the blind and to the lame and to the demon possessed and how, how, how Jesus loved people and how he ministered to people and how he cared for people. And, and, and so you read the word of God and the word of God brings truth to you and it washes you. It washes you. It cleanses your mind. The Word of God cleanses your mind. It is so helpful just to read the Psalms and see where David got in trouble. And then he got out of trouble by getting right with God. And listen, that was a pattern in his life. I hate to say that. He was a man after God's own heart. But you know, he didn't get to build the temple. Did you know that? Because he had killed too many people during his lifetime. God said to him, David, I'm not going to let you build it. Solomon's going to. You've got too much blood on your hands. You see, you can be a man of God or a woman of God, but if you don't feed your spirit, worship, you can work. Well, I can't come to church every time. Why don't you just worship at home? Put on some Christian CDs and dance around the house and sing praise to God and worship God and don't be worried about whether anybody's looking or not. And you can worship God at home. You can worship at God and when you lay down in bed at night and you can seek the songs of Zion to the Lord as you're laying in the bed that we talked about Wednesday. Feed your spirit. I'm glad you came today because I've been, I've been feeding the spirit of God in you if you're saved. I've been speaking the truth of God and it's bound to encourage you and it's bound to give you wisdom and truth. It'll help you. So I'm glad you came. You're so into the Spirit. And in the Spirit, you're going to reap life. So, let me say this. The way you overcome the flesh is by realizing that Jesus has already won the victory. Already won the victory. And then you surrender to Him. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill your life. And you begin your day saying, Holy Spirit, make me sensitive to what's of the flesh. Make me sensitive of what's the Spirit. And Holy Spirit, enable me by your power to put to death the deeds of the flesh. And let me walk today in the Spirit. And I'm telling you, you're making a conscious decision. A conscious choice. And you just start living. And I trust that the Holy Spirit in you will say no to the flesh. And will starve it. And say yes to the things of God and to the Holy Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. And you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Praise Jesus.